0: The Maple Leafs put forth a lackluster performance on the island, and there were some concerning trends in this game, Dave. You listen to Locked On Leafs podcast. Let's get into it. You're Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the March 22nd edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet, also a writer. For the NHLPA, Locked on Leafs is a daily Maple leaf centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also check us out on video formats via YouTube. It's Locked on Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe. New content coming out to you guys each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. Tough night for the Maple Leafs. Tough, tough night. But before we get into this game, just as we were about to record, we got to witness maybe one of the coolest things... In sports in a long time. Um, Japan wins the World Baseball Classic. We were literally just about to record, and and you let me know, hey, by the way, they're in the top of the ninth. Otani's coming into pitch to close this thing out. They're up by a one, and he's guaranteed to see Trout, who's the third batter up in the hole. And I was like, okay, we gotta watch this. Put her on the TV, and we got to watch it. Japan. Uh, closed it out, Otani, a full count, strikes out Mike Trout, and uh, Japan celebrates and they win. We actually caught my reaction on film. I didn't know you were doing this, buds. You went ahead. You are a scumbag. I'll let you know right now. And you just hit record because we were sitting here on where we do the podcast, and you just hit record, and you left the screen, and you got me on tape reacting. Why don't we show the good folks – what it looked like, and how it sounded when that happened. He got him! He got him! Unreal. Otani's got that on him his whole damn career. Like, dude,
1: <laughs> you just just casually just sneak away while
0: you <laughs> I come back, I come back and all I see is me on the screen. And I'm like, Oh, you're I knew you were doing this. You scumbag you but man, like a really cool moment, like yeah. a super cool moment. Like, so I'm that type of guy. You saw it, right? I had to stand up because when when I get anxious, it doesn't even ma- it doesn't matter if it's my team, if, if I'm involved, just Sports in general gives me just like massive anxiety and just like moments like that do the end of a championship winning game. Like just it always does. And I'm a stander. I don't know about you, but when I get like nervous or anxious like that, watching sports, I stand, and I get crossed armed, I start doing a whole bunch of movement. And that's basically what everyone saw happen in that clip there. But uh, man, was that ever a really cool moment and something that Otani will be able to take to camp. Uh, the last week of training camp for um, the Angels. And he's got something on Trout the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, he's going to walk into the Angels facility and be like, what's going on, bud? How's, uh, how's Silver looking there for you? How's uh, second place looking there for
0: you? It's It's going to be like, remember those commercials that they used to show on TSN where they had like... Was was Niedermeyer, Perry, and Getzlaff, all with their gold medals. And then there was Bobby Ryan, the American, with his stupid little silver that he got. And uh, they used to rag on him all the time for that one. Uh, it was uh, I don't know if Niedermeyer was still around at that point. Yep. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. There. 2010, he,
1: it was him. I remember him, Pronger. Uh, man, the, that, that blue line. The
0: thing is, him and Pronger were, like, when it come, they played together in like o two, o six, and and twenty ten. Like,
1: it was a swan song for both of those guys.
0: Yeah, man, crazy how long they played and at such an elite level. But like, that's the type of stuff that the that hockey's kind of missing. Like, we haven't had best on best hockey in forever. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's there's something just different when it comes to you know nationalism. And, and countries playing each other like yeah you've got the best players in the world playing and you know arguably you had you know some of the best guys playing in a stanley cup final last year like nathan mckinnon kel mccarr vesilevsky kucherov stamkos like these are some of the best in the world don't get me wrong but there's something different when like you're wearing your team's flag and you're you're you know playing with pride for your country you know what i mean and it just gets people so excited i mean we we saw a guy pimp a walk dude he pimped a walk cuz he was so stoked to get on base like that's that's the type of stuff the emotion that you get with international sports we've seen it happen with hockey years ago but it's been way too long, man. And watching this tournament really just makes me miss that international hockey so much.
1: It's funny that with MLB and baseball, the the one league where you know labor issues have always been present, they found a way to get a best on best tournament to happen. Yeah, In the NHL continues to dig into teals and being like
0: and a true best on best not this nonsense that we had back in 2016 where it was only NHLers like this was a full yes. world event
1: and there wasn't no team North America or team no. Europe like I get it team North America was badass in terms of the jerseys and the players that were on and the young guns I get all that but it also took away the opportunity to potentially see Conor David and Sidney Crosby playing on the same team. Yeah. Like, we just saw Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, two of the best players in baseball, go head to head with the game I, the two, on the
0: line. The two best players yes. in baseball who we would never, ever, ever, ever get to see that because, of course, they're on the same team. But when you break it down to countrymen, that's when you get to watch all that unfold. And, uh, you know, hockey's just been... We've been deprived of it for far too long, man. Like, this... this It needs to happen. When's the next Winter Olympics? 2024? 2024. Dude, if the... 24 or 26, actually.
1: I uh, know. T- 2026 is the summer games. 2024 nice. Olympics are in... Oh, where are
0: they? No, 2024 is the summer games, isn't it?
1: Oh, wait. No, you are right. That Those are in...
0: Oh, I'm trying to Tokyo. remember. Tokyo. No, they were just in Tokyo. Paris. Right, Paris. And I think they're back in Beijing in 2026. I want to say.
1: Let's see here. I'm just looking that up right now. They are in... Oh, no, Mike. They're in the motherland. They're in Milano.
0: Oh, in 2026? Yeah. Oh, let's go! Although Olympic hockey in the motherland did not go so well. Yeah, last I was year. gonna say
1: 20, twenty years to the twenty years to the day. To the day? Well, pretty much twenty. Okay, yeah, okay. twenty years ago.
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. Twenty years later, we'll we'll see it happen again. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be a different result. But I, it, I'm just if there's anything that I could ask from the hockey gods, anything at all. Honestly, it would be to get regular international hockey back on the schedule.
1: Now, the question being, and the one thing that we were robbed of is McDavid and Crosby together. Cause I don't know, can we wait? Can Crosby really wait three years to do to, uh, to be there?
0: I mean, he pro, yeah, I think so. He's not going to be a prominent factor, but I, I still think he's a dude who could probably still, you know, come in and, and play a, a gray beard like you know, veteran type of guy as the fourth line center who has been there and done that before, you know, and and just for legacy purposes, you know, get him to play another one. Like, he's the last guy to score, like, uh, he scored the biggest goal in in, in men's Canadian hockey history. Like, that and, I mean, Paul Henderson, I suppose, would have a little bit of a say, but, like, to do it on home soil, um on the olympic stage i mean it's called the golden goal for a reason right so but uh hopefully he is there hopefully the nhl is there and he can be a part of it and again we do get to finally see mcdavid and, and crosby link up but it's 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 not the same you know watching crosby play at the play um at the olympics at you know what could have been like 28 29 as opposed to now what's going to be late into his 30s bit of a different situation but you know, I still I just want to see it, man, because what we just witnessed, the amount of hype that it got, the amount of people worldwide who've been watching, um, I mean, it's not done nothing but benefit the sport of baseball. And it's gotten people really stoked and excited for the sport. um, the season that's about to kick off a week from now. I, I think that the maple or the the NHL should, Take a page out of, uh, you know, baseball's playbook and say, look, we, this does help the game. It grows the game. It, it, it generates interest. We should finally just figure out a way to make it happen.
1: Yeah. You know what? Uh, didn't pique my interest too much in hockey right now. The way the Chalmers, please, played tonight.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. They were good. They yeah, were. I know not. we tried to
1: avoid this for the first 10 minutes of the show, but, uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's time to get into it. It's time it's to get
1: time into to it. The off, man.
0: Yeah, let's take a break, actually. Let's take a break, and then let's come back, and then we'll get into it. Leafs falling 7-2 to the New York Islanders tonight. It wasn't a good game out of Toronto, so we'll kind of break down what happened and get to uh, the good, the bad, the ugly as well. Uh, but before we get into any of that, Dave, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our favorite sports book. It's FanDuel and the tournament is heating up now's the time the perfect time to download FanDuel, it's North America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's free, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores. Uh, if you're watching the March Madness, you got three-pointers. You can do three points drained as well. And obviously, they've got a bunch of hockey props as well. Uh, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morisuti, the host of this show. We've got daily content coming out to you guys Monday through Friday. It's five days a week as we ramp up things as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. And uh, it wasn't an inspiring game tonight as you get closer to the playoffs. There was 13 games to go going into tonight. Now just a dozen after this one, and and maybe one of the more least inspiring performances I've seen uh, in a while. Granted, I guess the last couple of weeks I haven't been able to watch much, and it doesn't sound as though they've played terrific hockey, but they it wasn't a good one. They lose 7-2 to the New York Islanders. Um, man, do they ever need to just limit those turnovers, man. Like, that's always the problem with this team. Whenever you look at a night where they lose and lose big, Often, a lot of the goals that they, that get scored on them come off turnovers.
1: That's the frustrating part, really. You look at this game, and everyone's talking about what's wrong with the Leafs, what's wrong with the Leafs. We we can easily diagnose what went wrong in that game. How many goals? I should have counted because maybe I just lost count. How many of those goals that the underscored came off of a brutal, not even a brutal turnover, an unnecessary turnover. Like
0: at at least three, I I can recall at least three of those goals being brutal turnovers. Like it's 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 astonishing.
1: It is astonishing, and at at some point, you know, you wonder what's what's going to get through to this team. What's going to get through to the players to say, simply, it's not good enough to constantly think that the turnovers are okay. I mean, they don't think the term is over, okay, but to think that you're like, you got to eventually learn from them because the playoffs, that's what teams feast on. They feast on mistakes. And if you're hanging your goalie out to dry because you want to be careless with the puck, guess what? You're going to be, you're going to be once again sitting in your locker room wondering, how do we lose in the first round again? Because yeah. that's, what, that's where, like, if they don't learn from it, that's where the road could, could be leading them to.
0: Four. The answer is four. Four goals. And, uh, you know, one. Yeah, four goals tonight were off of turnover. So you had the Lilligren goal uh, where he just fanned on a clearing attempt and, um, you know, Fashing shoots it and, and he goes high glove on on Sammy. And then you had the one where David Camp. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Just a, a weird turnover there again. Couldn't get the puck out of the zone, and that uh, Pulak shoots it. That gets tipped in. And then what was the other one? Oh, the Marner goal. <laughs> right after they had made it three to two, they keep that line out there. I don't know what the hell is going on on that one, but he tries to work his way through four guys. Like legitimately, they're they're not allowing you to break in that way. Like he, that's just not going to happen. He gets his pocket picked and, and Cal Clutterbuck goes down the ice and scores. And then uh, the last one, I suppose, not really a turnover, more of a bad bounce, but the one where Sam played it and it went off of, you know, his defenders sticking out into the center ice and, um, you know, a little bit of a skirmish in front of the net and it gets kind of banged in. So, you know, just a bunch of mistakes costing the Maple Leafs. And that's that's it. They they, they rarely are beaten Whenever you look at a game where they end up in the losing column, it's typically because they beat themselves. They are not beaten, but they can beat themselves and that's again what happened tonight.
1: Yeah, and that's the frustrating part, really. I like, guess like I'm not blaming any lease fans that are losing their minds right now on Twitter after this loss because a, they we, we, they wasted their whole night. They could have been watching an amazing World Baseball Classic. Instead, they're watching the Leafs like we were lose that game. And, you know, there's frustrating being pointed in certain, certain directions, and I don't blame them because this was a game that clearly the players were frustrated. You saw Marner show some frustration, and, you know, it didn't seem like there was enough of that from the big boys. I, don't, I mean, we're going to get to the good, bad, and the ugly because that's where I'm going to point out where I saw the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I don't blame fans at all for, you know, sometimes we tend to say, ah, oh, it's easy to overreact after a game like this. Nah, there's some reasons to overreact if you're watching that game and you see that effort.
0: Yeah, and um, it was a tough night for Lilligren. I mean, there's, there's, well, I think he was on the ice. Took three minuses. I want to say he was on the ice for three goals against tonight. It wasn't a good, uh, a good night for him, and a couple of those were were errors that he was making too. So, um, you know, he was he was someone who definitely didn't have a, a good game. So, why don't we take one more break? When we get back, we can get to the good, the bad, the ugly, and kind of dig a little deeper into some of the things that we we liked, but mainly. Didn't like about this uh, this lackluster performance against the New York Islanders tonight. Again, losing 7-2 to two on Long Island. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. More of the Locked Unleashed podcast coming up on the other side. But first, Dave, a word from our show sponsor.
1: Yep. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthy but don't want to compromise on taste, then you got to go and try a built Bar. I don't know how they do it, but they make it taste so good while actually making it healthy for you. And part of the reason is they're made with 100% real chocolate. and They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it. They maintain amazing macros with only 130 calories. Four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And Now you don't need to wait around and get your bo- get a box. They've been talking about getting uh, built bars into stores, and now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head over to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a built bar. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you go to Sam's Club and grab a, you can get a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter or churro. Also, if you're someone that wants to continue to order them online, then make sure you make use of our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order.
0: Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti were reacting to a 7-2 loss the Maple Leafs took uh, at the hands of the New York Islanders and Pierre Engvall was out there as well who probably is smiling after that victory along with uh, Matt Martin who was effective tonight and you know that Lou was up there also with a little bit of a a smiley face uh, watching the the, his Islanders beat down the Maple Leafs and show them hey physical hockey still works try it sometime um let's get to the good the bad the ugly though Dave um Look, it's 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 a really kind of short good. I thought they got off to a really good start. They had a couple of real solid looks in the first like five to seven minutes of that game. Um, and it was the big boys too who were looking pretty solid early on. And then they started playing sloppy, and and, and that's where things kind of started to go downhill. But I thought that the start was pretty good.
1: I thought so too. Like that's the type of start you need. On the road against a team that's going to play a very tight defensive matchup. Ooh. Get that, like, if you're going up against a team like that, the thing you need to do is get that early lead to force the, a team like the Islanders to open it up offensively a little bit. Unfortunately, the Leafs did do that. The Islanders came out a little bit more aggressively offensively, and the Leafs decided to fall apart defensively. That, that was the – that's like they – the game plan seemed to be working right at the start, and then it just all fell apart.
0: Yeah, there was that one sequence about five or so minutes left in the third period where the Leafs were just swimming in their own zone. Like they couldn't clear it. They couldn't even touch the puck. The Islanders were doing everything. They had like four or five shots against Samsonov. He was he was electric. Like that. He there could have been a couple of times where a puck ended up in the back of the net. And he made some big saves to make sure that the Leafs kept that lead. And then eventually, and you know, when you are giving up so many looks like they did tonight, and so many uh, giveaways and prime opportunities for the opposition, eventually they're going to start to drop. And you know we saw that happen over the course of the the back half of the game. But I thought that he he looked pretty good in the first period as well. All right, the bad Dave. A lot more to discuss here. Um, what was bad tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean the the turnovers were bad, right? Like,
0: i I have a worse
1: I have a worse thing for the ugly. I do, because you would think the turnovers would be the, the ugly part.
0: That was my ugly. Like, my, no, my, I got, my, I got
1: something worse for the ugly. I think the bad were like the turnovers were bad, like just flat out bad. There's like I and you might you're gonna wonder what I have for the for the ugly part because I think there was something a little bit worse than the yeah. ugly.
0: I, I wonder if 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 we're flip flopped here i kind i, okay. I want be. be flip-flopped here so for me what was bad was gustafson's luck
1: just oh no no that <laughs> you know i felt bad for that I, yeah that
0: dude dude like how does that i i legitimately in my mind i'm like okay it's two nothing and then soroka just dives back gets a paddle on it and uh no it was still only one nothing and Dude, like I, I, that probably like that save of the year candidate for sure. Like that might be number one. Like that's definitely the biggest save against the Maple Leafs that I've seen. I can't think of another one that was prettier that Toronto's had. Like it's definitely save of the year in any game that the Maple Leafs have played for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I would say so. I mean, Sorokin was just unbelievable, and we saw it's not the and it's funny because I was like, "Oh, like that's such a great save by Sorokin." And uh, someone I know was just like, uh, "Yeah, but it's not the first time he's done that to a player." No, and like I see, a
0: he's top, top, top three goaltender in the NHL.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. And um, I, I do think the when you look at the way this game went, that save kind of was like peak Leafs in this game where they tried to get things going and Sorokin is just like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make a save the year candy. Just so again, I wonder if that goal goes, if that shot goes in, does that change the mood of this game at
0: all? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it does. And even Matt Martin talked about it because they spoke with him after the second intermission on the broadcast and, or was it even the first intermission? Anyways, after one of the intermissions I spoke to him mm-hmm. and uh, he was asked about that save and he's like, Yeah, I mean, that goes in, we're we're down to nothing. All of a sudden we're chasing. And and like you said, when you're chasing like that, you gotta open things up. And we know that the Islanders like to play kind of lock it down hockey. And if you're down two goals, you can't really do that much. But if it's only one, you know, you can get back into things, which they did pretty quickly into that second period, and then they went back to playing lock it down hockey where they weren't allowing the Maple Leafs to do a whole lot of anything. Very, you know, They suffocated them. They didn't allow them to break into the zone with, with a high level of success rate. And, you know, that's just part of the the way that they knew they had to shut down the Leafs, right? Limit their speed through the neutral zone. Don't let them get going. Don't allow them to, you know, get on the four check. And then, obviously, no rush. Don't allow them to create on the rush either, something that they're very privy to doing. So downers had a really good game plan um you, you do got to kind of tip your hat to the way that they played tonight like they had a game plan a way to limit toronto i thought they did a, a decent job at that obviously um along with having a really good goaltender um but there was just uh, the, the Gus one man what bad luck for that guy uh i'm curious now though like what what was your ugly
1: i'm gonna pull up a tweet but just, I'm gonna preface this by saying that this isn't a one-off event that I'm gonna be bringing up right now. But oh,
0: look- I think I know what it is.
1: Yeah, you, you. I think you're. You're. You know where I'm going with this because there was a tweet that I saw tonight, and I'm gonna preface this by saying I know plus-minus is not the best stat in the world. Not at all. Like he's, it's not a stat that I like to use very often. Uh, I am trying to find this tweet. It is not working right now, but there was a tweet that I saw that showed which players didn't show up really for the Leafs tonight in terms of being on the ice for the good plays. And Morgan Raleigh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, I think John Tavares and and Nylander were putting that too. They're all not just minus players tonight, but minus two or minus three Ooh. on the night.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you've got Riley dash three, Tavares dash three, McCabe dash two, uh, Bunting a dash two, Lilligren a dash two, Matthews a dash two, Marner a dash three. And keep in mind, those guys were also on the ice for a goal as well. <laughs> they scored. Yeah. So they scored uh, in this game. That's it, it ugly. That is That's- ugly.
1: That is uh, like, that's why I couldn't give Gustafson my ugly just because at least he was trying, like, like, I don't know if what his, what he ended his night as, but that's, that's coming all too common with the way that this Leafs team is built. If your big guns, he was a dash dash two. Dash two, with the way your big guns are assembled. If they are a dash two or a dash three, you're not winning a lot of games. You're Absolutely. not even winning any games, in my opinion, no. because of how this team is built. So unless those guys decide to step up and maybe play a little bit more pissed off, in my opinion, I think that's what... They, like When you saw Marner start to get pissed off, he not too long after a goal was scored, obviously in the next play after, he caused the goal to go against. Yeah. Um, so maybe just a little too much emotion there, Mitch. But, like I, we need to start seeing like pissed off players putting in that effort and you know like Nealander I think like hit his stick on the bench something didn't even get like a full effort on the on the stick break maybe he just didn't want to break those new Sherwoods that he's uh, he's using but yeah I like when you're a dash like that like I want to see a little bit more emotion and show that maybe you weren't happy with your effort in this game.
0: Yeah, which uh, you know, there's a lot of people that should not be happy with their effort. I think the uh, let me look in terms of expected goals. Uh, the only lines that should be happy with their effort, I'm actually quite surprised <laughs> that these that these uh, these lines had like a, a high rating. Okay, Bunting, Tavares, and Nylander. Well, they got reunited there in the third period. They had a really good success rate. They outchanced uh no, wait. They outshot them four to 91 percent expected goals, uh, had four high danger chances. So they they were able to generate some stuff, but a majority of these lines tonight, subpar. Very, very subpar. Um, including <laughs> was it Yarncrock Math okay, it's only fifty-two seconds, so that doesn't really count. But Yarncrock, Matthews, and Marner. Was not very good. They had only 17% expected goals tonight. Not the best, as Louis Domingue would say. That's with 100% ozone starts, too. Ay, ay, ay. I think they, they got brutalized also in the faceoff dot. Yeah. 60 40. And Tavares didn't have a good night um, in the faceoff dot either. Yeah. Just the, you know 50%, which is not what you expect out of him. Matthews just 31%. From him, Lafferty, 20%. Like, it just didn't have a good night uh, all around. Honestly, all around. I can't think of anyone I looked at and said he had a really good game. You know, like, he tried his best. He put forward the effort that's necessary to get a win. Um, Honestly, I can't think of anyone on that team. Like, no one had their A game tonight.
1: And, you know, like, some people are going to say get this out of your system now maybe just don't have this in your system at all, right?
0: Like right? Four giveaways for Timmy Lills. Oh, uh, uh, Jeff O'Neill brought up a good point, actually, on the broadcast. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, mm-hmm. He mentioned, like, Lilligren, especially after the, the 2-1 goal that he allowed um, when he whiffed on the puck in a breakaway there, and then there was a couple other, you know, turnovers that he had made throughout the game as well. And and he said, man, if you're Sheldon Keith, like – turnovers have been your achilles heel and and just a a untimely turnover has been the achilles heel of the maple leafs in the playoffs i mean does does a game like this make you think twice about putting Lilligren in your top 4 and having him play upwards of of 20 minutes a game played 19 and a half minutes tonight I mean, after seeing four giveaways, a couple of them leading to goals against, I mean, does it, does it make you maybe think twice about him as a top four guy?
1: It, it gets you wondering for sure, because he has, not it's not like it's again, not a one-off. This has been a stretch where, you know, if we're going to call out Morgan Riley for not playing well, and I guess I guarantee, yeah, Morgan Riley has a lot more experience than Timothy Lilligren, but Everyone wants to see Timothy Lilligren thrive and wants to see Justin Hall sit. Well, Timothy Lilligren's got to put himself in a position to be worthy of playing every night, and it hasn't really been the case, right? Is he playing in a, in a role he shouldn't be? Probably. There are a lot of players playing right now in a role that they shouldn't be, but at the same time, the errors that he's making isn't also on the role he's playing. It's just he... like. He got caught in overtime. Same play where uh, against Colorado, where he whiffs on the puck. Mitch Marner has to block a shot and almost get injured because of a just a brain. It's 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 a brain cramp giveaway too. It's not oh someone was pressuring me and I had to make a bad play. No, you had time and you just it you just flub it. Like those are just inexcusable. You're an NHL player you got to get work that out of your system because in the playoffs that's not that's that can mean a game and like a series ending type of play
0: well and and in the playoffs for a young player like Timothy Lilligren who hasn't necessarily established himself at that level as a playoff performer you make that mistake you're going to find yourself glued to the bench for uh for a little bit I would assume and maybe up in the press box when you look at how much depth is on this team and you know, a guy like Luke Shen, who has been battle tested in playoff action, and Justin Hall, whatever people think of him, has been battle tested in playoff action. That 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 does kind of perk up in your ear. And hopefully that doesn't happen. Cause I've I've really liked what Lilligren's done this season. But you're right. Of of late, it, it seems as though, you know, the games just slipped a little bit uh for him. And it's just it's details. That, that's what it's it's details, right? But details are often like the most important part of the game. It's often who wins and who loses is who pays attention and executes the little things in a game is often how you win or lose a hockey game. And tonight, details weren't there. A lot of sloppy play, a lot of turnovers, and it resulted in a big 7-2 loss to uh, to the Islanders. On a on a positive note, if you are a uh, – I don't know if it's a positive note, but <laughs> – Rasmus Sandin is minus 11 in his last four games. Does that, does that make you feel any better?
1: Uh, I mean, you feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, at least he's not being seen as the second coming of Bobby Orr, which was what I saw on Twitter not too long ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. But. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, maybe the positive is that the Montreal Canadiens beat the Tampa Bay Lightning somehow tonight.
0: That is a positive. That definitely is a positive. That's...
1: It makes that lot like that, like that's a, that's like oh, saving grace in a way that you didn't, you didn't drop points. You obviously drop points, but you didn't ha- allow the like allow the lightning to get that much closer.
0: The lightning, like they've kind of been not so great, iffy of late. Like they really had, yeah, it's 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 they've been a, struggling slightly. Like they're not completely. Imploding. I mean, they went on that, that was a five game losing streak um, at the end of February, beginning of March, like around the trade deadline. Then they won a couple of games and then they went out and they lost to the Jets and they lost to the devils. And now they're losing to the Canadians and yeah. Vasilevsky's allowing three, five, three, four, three, four, six goals. Like, very uncharacteristic play at of Vasilevsky, too. So we'll see if that, you know, goes into the playoffs, although I think we talked about that last year. And uh, the postseason's a different animal. Everything starts with a clean slate, so who, who even cares at this point? I suppose that, you know, he gave up uh, a five-spot to the Devils on March 19th because, you know, come April, whatever it is, 18th when they play, that's not the Vasilevsky that we're going to see anyway. So it doesn't even matter. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Um, that'll do it for us uh, today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcast and all podcasts and platforms. and receive daily leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Canuck. More suit, you can follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Follow us on uh YouTube. Make sure you subscribe as well for new content. Hit the little notification bell as well. So you know when we put out new episodes each morning, leave a like and a comment on this video down below. That'd be greatly appreciated. And uh we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.